there's throwing a bullpen, and then there's Sonny Gray throwing a bullpen. Live from Jupiter, Florida, we explain the difference and how reputation absolutely meets reality when it comes to the newest Cardinals ace. Coming up on B-Shave Daily. What's going on, everybody, and welcome in to this edition of B-Shave Daily, the first edition live from Jupiter, Florida, of the 2024 Cardinals spring training season. It is Thursday, February 15th, 2024. I arrived in Jupiter, Florida on Tuesday morning, so I can already hear the questions, well, what are you doing? Why is it two days later and you're only just now sitting down to record? a dispatch from Jupiter, Florida. Well, got into town about 7.30 in the morning on Tuesday, drove through the night, and had to sleep a little bit Tuesday during the day. Didn't go to Cardinals camp on Tuesday. Did my radio show, got to bed moderately early on Tuesday night. Wednesday happened. I'm like, yes, this is the day. First B-Shafe Daily from Jupiter of the year. The official beginning of season four of the podcast because I consider each annual first episode of Jupiter to be the first episode of a new podcast season. And Wednesday happened and I didn't go to bed until after midnight and didn't have time to do a podcast. It's a whirlwind down here sometimes in Jupiter, but I think the schedule is going to ease up a little bit moving forward. And so we can hope to see daily podcasts returning or at least five, six times a week. Like hold me accountable folks. I've got a lot to get to. I've got to make sure I'm doing my work for KMOV, who sent me here first and foremost, and my radio show for KTGR. But I definitely want to make sure to update you guys on everything going on down in Jupiter. So if you enjoy Cardinals content, boy, do I have good news for you. You're in the right spot. 2024 Cardinals season, this is the place to be. Hit the subscribe button if you're watching slash listening on YouTube, or if you enjoy Spotify, Apple Podcasts, hit that subscribe, the follow button in those locations, Be Safe Daily. Cardinals coverage all year long right here on the podcast and on YouTube. Let's get into it a little bit today. There's so much that we could start with. So much that has happened so far in spring training. Knock on wood. This is the wood. It's a wooden sort of autumn in here in my Airbnb at the foot of the bed. No major injuries to report as of this recording. It doesn't mean there won't be some coming down the way, but we have seen, I think, pretty much all of the major pitchers have thrown and only Marmel today reiterating like there are no pitchers known to be behind schedule in any significant way. We'll continue to kind of parse out those details as the schedules come together as we move toward gameplay in the Grapefruit League season on February 24th, I believe. That's next Saturday, not this coming Saturday, but the one after that. The Cardinals will be in Grapefruit League action at that point. I think they open with a split squad game as well, so I'll have to pick which game to go to on Saturday the 24th. Let me know in the YouTube comment section below if you have a preference. And really, it's going to depend on okay, which players do I want to do I want to get a, a look at and write about and talk about? Who's going where? You might not find out till that morning's schedule. But anyway, nevertheless, there's plenty we could get into. It's going to be hard sometimes to channel things into a concise format, but I'm going to have to because I won't have unlimited time here during my stay. I'll be here through March 3rd, covering Cardinal spring training for KMOV. A couple of articles already up on the website. Go check them out. If you go KMOV.com slash sports, that'll still get you to the website, even though I think they changed the website to First Alert 4. But nevertheless, I'm going to start with Sonny Gray because he's what I wrote about today. He's who I wrote about today, I should say. And 
my mind is in so many different places right now that it's let's let's hone in on one specific area. And hopefully as these podcasts continue to go, I'll remember some of the things that I really need to tell y'all. Right. But in the comments section, let me know if you have questions, because that can be the guiding force to a lot of the coverage here in spring training is what you guys want to know about. But I have to imagine that Sonny Gray is right near the top of that list. So we'll make sure to talk about him today on B-Shave Daily. Maybe save the uniform talk. I might put that in a separate video on YouTube, give my thoughts on the uniforms for 10 or 15 minutes rather than in a uh, B-Shape Daily where we'll try to keep it about the Cardinals on the field for the most part here. But Sonny Gray had a bullpen session on Thursday. And I know that before I got here, I think it was Tuesday he threw, I was told, around 15 pitches of a bullpen session, an abbreviated one. But even from that, people watching it could tell, hey, this guy, I mean, he's different. It's different watching him throw a bullpen. I got to view that firsthand today, and let me tell you, the reputation that Sonny Gray has as being this intense, detail-oriented, competitive, borderline psychotic on the mound, the reputation that precedes Sonny Gray is 100% accurate. That's what my takeaway from Thursday at Cardinals camp was. Sonny Gray, boys and girls, and again, I know that there haven't been any games played. We don't even know. Is everybody going to make it healthy through spring training? Like, it's too early to go ahead and crown the Cardinals NL Central champions. But as it pertains to the primary addition of this team in the offseason, Sonny Gray, I think it is fair to say, yeah, he is the ace of this team. And everybody has a different definition of, well, what's an ace? Does it, a certain ERA, certain win total, what's a, you got a, a number of innings. Is ace just a way you feel about a guy when you, when you see him on the mound, when you see him scheduled to pitch that day, feel good about your team's chances to win? What's really an ace? I tell you this much, spend a day at Cardinals camp watching him go about his business, and you feel like the ace moniker is very, very appropriate for a guy like Sonny Gray. He's different. It's different watching him go about his business. And I'll give you some examples from the bullpen that I have been hyping up. I'll try to describe it, try to put you there. I did put a little bit of video evidence out there on Twitter, but he was on the middle mound of the three here on the Cardinals backfields at the complex in Jupiter. They've got three mounds and there's like a fence behind each home plate, three home plates. And as the media, we can kind of stand right behind the fence. And sometimes there's like a screen. Well, there is a screen. It's like green, but there's little holes in it, kind of like not whole gang type of stuff. But if there's like a rip in the screen and you're tall enough, you can kind of angle yourself to see through the rip. And and you're basically just watching through a chain link fence at that point. And I tell you what, every year at spring training, my favorite thing to do is get a chance to see these guys from that distance. You're three feet behind the catcher watching what these guys are able to do with a baseball in their hand, these pitchers. And there's there's a, a fence, kind of a walkway that is there. I should take a picture of it. If anybody really cares enough, let me know in the comments, and I can maybe post a picture of exactly what I'm talking about so you feel like if you've never been here, you get an idea for what it is. But there's fans that can be gathered basically just on the other side of a little walkway. So you're behind the catcher as well, but it's really difficult to see because it's kind of a thick green screen that's kind of protecting the chain link fence in most areas of the fence. But I would say even as fans, even though you don't have maybe the best view of the bullpen, the way the fence is angled, you're probably a dozen feet or so, 12 to 15 feet behind the catcher. 
And if you stand to either side of this fence, you can have a, a good view of maybe who's pitching on the, the side mounds. But Sonny Gray was in the middle mound. And to his left was Lance Lynn. I guess his left, if he's facing home plate, was Lance Lynn, who threw today, and Ryan Helsley, Cardinals closer to Sonny Gray's right. And both of those guys seemingly had pretty good bullpen sessions, right? Like, I, I don't think I spoke in person to either of them. No, after... But, you know, didn't seem like anything out of the usual. Sometimes you're looking because you go, hey, is there a guy that maybe isn't looking quite right? Could that be a sign that we should be asking about? Is he is his arm okay? Stuff like that. Didn't notice anything as it pertains to Lynn or Helsley. But what I did notice is that after those two completed their programs, they threw their regular, you know, allotted bullpen session. It was the first throwing group of the day down here at the Cardinals complex. I think there were four or five groups in total three pitchers at a time, starters, relievers, minor league guys, major league guys, everybody is kind of grouped together. But the first group is typically, you know, the guys that you know are major league contributors, and then it sort of siphons out from there. But the guys in the first group, Lance, Lynn, Sonny Gray, Ryan Helsley, like those are the big dogs that, you know, you, you get them out there, 1030 or whatever it is, they get their work done and they can kind of be done, would be the idea there, right? Sonny Gray, though, as Lynn and Helsley are wrapping up. He's still out there. And then he's still out there. And he's still throwing pitches. And he's still on the mound. And then he tells the catcher, hey, we're going to go, whatever he said, left, right, left, right. And you're going, what? He's talking about the handedness of the imaginary batters that he's about to face. And I don't want to paint this picture in a way that suggests this isn't something that that happens it's not necessarily uncommon in these bullpen sessions for a pitcher to say, hey, I'm going to throw you know, a slider down and into a lefty here. I want a backdoor slider. Kyle Gibson yesterday, I'll try to get a chance to podcast about him specifically because um, he's, he's an interesting one, and I think another good get by the Cardinals. Good to be able to see the personalities of these guys. Got a glimpse of Gibson and Wilson Contreras yesterday after the bullpen session that Gibson threw, just talking through some of the dynamics of that pitcher-catcher relationship. And I think the story that I'm going to write on Kyle Gibson, and I think everybody down here in Jupiter is going to write a Kyle Gibson story within the next three days because he spoke today in the clubhouse and there was a, a gaggle, if you will, of reporters surrounding him. So everybody's got kind of the same quotes from, from Kyle Gibson. But you'll want to read my story because a, a quote he gave me about Wilson Contreras I thought it was interesting because Wilson Contreras last year was kind of the scapegoat, right? Sort of because of the pitchers throwing him under the bus. A lot was made of, of Wilson Contreras' shortcomings, perhaps. Whereas Kyle Gibson, I think, is the epitome of maybe what can, can change about the Cardinals this year in terms of the way he spoke about how he views Contreras' role. I thought it was very interesting. So stay tuned for that. But we'll focus here on Sonny Gray for today's episode. Hey, subscribe so you don't miss me talking about Gibby. I know it's kind of weird to call a guy Gibby and it's not Bob Gibson, but you won't want to miss that episode when I get to it later this week. But the reason I bring up Gibson in relation to the Gray conversation is because yesterday I can recall Gibson throwing a pitch where he told the catcher, which was Contreras, hey, this one's going to be backdoor slider to a left-handed batter, right? Those kinds of things that, that happen. Here's what's different, though, about Sonny Gray when he does that in a bullpen. He says left, right, right, left, or whatever the order of the, the batters was. I, I don't want to misquote him. He probably remembers. I, I do not, and I was there listening. But I think he listed like four directions, which means I'm going to face four batters here. 
Mind you, this started after Lynn and Helsley were already done. They had taken a seat or they were standing in the in the back kind of hanging out watching. Which I want to make abundantly clear is not any way to denigrate those guys because they threw like a normal length bullpen session. Sonny Gray, after that time concludes, begins a process anew of, hey, we're going to face four batters or whatever it was. It was at least three. I think it was probably four, maybe five. And he gives you the handedness of the batters, and then he'll throw a pitch. He'll call his own balls and strikes. It'll be a 1-1 count, and he'll tell the catcher, hey, we're we're not going to use this version of the slider right here. We're going to... If we get to 1-2, we're going to... I mean, he is absolutely mapping out the entire fake at bat. Like, it's Game 7 of the World Series. It honestly, I, akin to... It's a comparison I made in my story for KMOV. It's like being on the line of scrimmage. When you're here at Jupiter and you're right there watching this happen, it feels like being on the line of scrimmage on the field at the Super Bowl watching the quarterback bark out the signals is the intensity that this guy has in the first day of spring training, first week of spring training. He's been here a number of days, right? But this was like the first full bullpen session as a part of, hey, pitchers and catchers, you report on this day. This is your day that's your first real go, Sonny Gray, this Thursday. So he's doing this, and there's feedback. There's like reinforcement on, all right, that was a ball. It's one and one. Like he'll call out the count. Catcher receives it in a way that he likes. He's got something to say about that. Encouragement, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Finishes the at-bat. Okay, now this is the right. I mean, he he knows exactly what it is that he wants to do. He is in command of every moment. And I'm just entranced watching him do what he's doing, which pitch he wants to throw, you know, basically calling his shot every time and saying, hey, here's here's my next my next trick. But he's doing it first to let the catcher know, obviously, what he's doing. So he knows, he said it out loud what he's doing. And he's got this aggressive mentality that he just is in command like the entire camp revolves around this guy. That's what it feels like when Sonny Gray's on the mound. And I don't mean that in like a conceited way or that he's just a, a, thinks he's a big shot. Like it is a a genuine hunger to compete and to improve and to be the best that he can be. And it comes off when you watch him. After he finished up a little while later, I was standing around uh, next to the bullpens talking to Benjamin Hockman of the Post-Dispatch and Ollie Marmel comes walking up and we're talking for a minute. And I mentioned to Ollie, I said, yeah, you guys had said a lot about Sonny Gray and he was this, he was that. It took about five minutes watching this bullpen before I go, oh yeah, okay, I get it now. I said, you guys probably knew whatever people thought of the move at the time and they saw the press conference, whatever the case might be, you guys probably knew once once you see it, then you, you can't unsee it. He's like, yep, that's that, that's about what it is. Just, again, we're making a big deal because it's all we've got right now. It's the first week of spring training, and so we're going to talk about what happens out there. Does this equate to wins on the field? No, let's not get ahead of ourselves, right? But I'm telling you, with everything you heard about his press conference and the type of guy that he is and competitor that he is and all these things, and you got a chance to see him speak, that was one thing. And you're like, you, you have in your head, like, okay, yeah, Sonny Gray is this guy and he's kind of intense and, you know, could be good to kind of bring an edge to the clubhouse and everything like that. You have an idea in your head of what that looks like, but then you see it and you go, oh, it's somehow like the light switch flips on. 
So when I think about the Cardinals offseason and how we talked about, man, doesn't Sonny Gray just feel like a Cardinals kind of guy, like the kind of guy they're going to sign? Well, what do we mean by that? We kind of meant, you know, he's 34 years old, so they're probably not going to have to give him a seven-year deal. That puts him in, in, in the range a little bit better. He had a great season last year, but the Cardinals don't want to commit to a long, long-term deal like a Montgomery or a Blake Snell might command. A Yamamoto certainly commanded. So, you know, it just kind of feels like Sonny Gray will be the answer. I don't know if we were giving the Cardinals enough credit in their pursuit of Sonny Gray. Like, maybe this was so obvious and it should have just fallen into their lap, and then it it, it did, and that's who they end up landing. Other teams were in on him too, though. But maybe, like, we don't give the Cardinals enough credit for this move when we think about the offseason because it just felt like it was the obvious move, and so, therefore, the expectation almost is that, well, yeah, you're going to do that, but then what else are you going to do, right? I think that was sort of the attitude a lot of people had, and I get it because what do we all do when – the team or any team makes a move. They add somebody, they trade for somebody, they sign a free agent. What do we all do? Google him. <laughs> you go, okay, I think I know what this player is, but let's really dig in. What are his numbers? Let's check out the old baseball reference page. And so you're clicking around and you say, oh man, 2.8 ERA last year. That's pretty good. But he's 34 years old. So in my head, I have an idea for what that means. Got to maybe bake in the possibility of a decline here soon. Okay. Is that Man, that $35 million three years from now, is he going to be the same pitcher? Like, we all have those sort of thoughts that, in their very surface level, they're not wrong necessarily, but I think they're surface level. But there's another element to this, and, and the Cardinals would swear by this, and I think the more we talk about this team and the way they're constructed and what they're looking to do in 2024, the more it becomes evident that the, the whole season kind of hinges upon this principle but it's like, hey, the whole clubhouse leadership and the idea of guys wanting to be here and having the right culture, all of those things, maybe it's more than buzzwords, right? Maybe it's more than something that sounds good or is a way to explain away why you had to bring back a Matt Carpenter on a you know major league minimum deal, all of these things. I think there was some intent behind a lot of what the Cardinals did. And the reason I think it is because they're continuing to tell us the same story over and over, and it doesn't ever change these descriptions. Only Marble dropped a quote earlier this week that was basically like, it was more than, hey, let's go get pitchers with these characteristics. It was like, let's get these specific guys. I think the Cardinals targeted the guys they targeted because, yeah, maybe they thought there was a predisposition among some of them to want to be in St. Louis. Like Lance Lynn, probably willing to come back, we think. Okay, Kyle Gibson, he spoke today about having so much family in the area and his wife is from the area. And so it was, it was just a you know, former Mizzou guy, obviously. So it was a time with where his family is that it was something that made a lot of sense for him. And, you know, Sonny Gray was not too far away in Franklin, Tennessee, where he, where he lives and looking for a chance to win. Keenan Middleton talking about wanting to go somewhere where he can win. You know, they, they got a lot of the guys that, not only embody these characteristics, but like I think they got the specific guys in the market that they wanted to have who contain and embody those characteristics. And they did a lot of it before Thanksgiving. That's how you know that it's like, all right, there was a plan in place and the Cardinals executed it. You may not agree with what their plan was. You may have thought, hey, they should have gotten this guy or the other guy instead and they should have spent more. And that's well within everybody's rights to be able to talk about. But I think there was a plan in place. And like in a way that I hadn't before, because at times I kind of think in, on that surface level the way everybody did. Of Yeah, Sonny Gray, solid arm, man, really good pitcher. He's going to be nice, but is he like a real number one? Ah, we don't know, you know. 
I don't know what his numbers are going to be in 2024, but I know that the way it looks right now, it looks different. It looks different in a way that the Cardinals need to be different compared to what they did last year. In the questions that are asked to this team about, hey, so last year was bad, that's always like the preface to a question. And I feel like they're really eager to not have those questions anymore. Ollie answered one today that was like, yeah, not really want to talk about last year. Which like, why would you? They didn't want to talk about it when it was going on. It's something that's kind of hanging over the team a little bit in, in the eyes of the fan base because everybody looks at it and says, well, how are you going to get better than last year? You didn't change the roster a ton. You got Sonny Gray. You got, you know, you got a few guys who are solid, but is it really that different? And for the Cardinals, I think there's just this attitude pervasive throughout the clubhouse. It's like last year is not the measure by which we're comparing ourselves to because we kind of recognize that last year we won fewer games than our talent level would indicate that we should have. And that may not mean that they, I'm not saying, hey, that was a 90-win team and they underachieved, and so now everybody's pointing to the manager and it's Ollie's fault. Not what I'm trying to say. But we've been over and over and over and over and over and over and over the circumstances of what happened to them last year. And it led to 71 wins instead of like, they probably should have been 80, you know, 82. I don't think that's crazy to say. A lot went wrong for them last year. But they're of the mindset that like, look, it's 0-0, we're fresh start. More than just something you say because it sounds nice. I think that's really what it's boiling down to for this team. I think Sonny Gray is a huge key to it in the way that he carries himself. It was so fascinating. Sonny Gray is throwing to these four batters, and you know, every morning they've got a schedule of the, the groups that are going to pitch or do their bullpen sessions and what time and where they're going to be out doing pitching uh, pitchers fielding practice when they're not pitching on the, on the bullpen mounds. Everybody's got a schedule. First group of the day is Sonny Gray, Lance Lynn, Ryan Helsley. Lynn and Helsley are done. Sonny Gray is, like, just getting started. I don't know how many pitches he threw, but he went for a good while longer than the other guys, who, again, did a normal amount. I'm not trying to say they, they like, skipped out early. That's not what it was. They threw the, like, I've, I've seen these things for six years. They threw for the length of time that I expect anybody to throw. And Sonny Gray was like, all right, so four more batters, <laughs> and then we'll be good. But what was interesting was, like, Next group was Andre Pallante, Jojo Romero, John King, which, by the way, something my, my guy Jeff Jones likes to do. He, he's the writer for the Bell, Belleville News Democrat. He likes to look at the schedule and kind of try to parse things out and say, oh, hey, this guy is, is in a group with other relievers. That's really interesting. Like, hey, why would they do that? Does that mean he's not going to be a starter? And, like, sometimes we can read too much into those things, and sometimes those are breadcrumbs that actually uh, apply to the logic the Cardinals have behind the way they schedule these things out. Obviously, like, Helsley's not going to be a starter just because he was pitching alongside Gray and Lynn. Sometimes it's just the way the schedule works out and get certain guys throw in groups with other guys. Interesting, though, that John King, Jojo Romero, Andre Palante, three lefties, right? Palante's not a lefty, but he kind of is used as one. thought that was kind of interesting. Keenan Middleton, another guy who could be utilized that way. The change-up, big part of his game. He actually said today that maybe when he got to the New York Yankees last year, they thought maybe he was throwing it a little bit too much. It was kind of his breakout pitch last year. He said he was always a, a flame-throwing, fireball kind of mentality, but then it was the changeup that really allowed him to unlock a new level of success last year. But I think you got to use it a little more sparingly so that it can be effective off your other pitches, which is maybe something he'll be looking to do this year. But another guy who is a right-handed pitcher who gets lefties out, has reverse splits. But nevertheless, Palante is kind of lingering there over on the corner mound toward one of the fields. And you've got Sonny Gray on the middle mound, JoJo 
John King, they're getting ready to, you know, they're, it's their time, but there's Sonny. There's Sonny still throwing, still working, still tinkering with, uh, with his craft. And like, I thought it was just great the way that the, the Cardinals hopes in a lot of ways revolve around this rotation that's rebuilt from what they did in the off season. It's better than it was last year. That's got to be the hope anyway, because last year uh, rotation was a huge source of shortcoming for the team. Sonny Gray was the biggest answer that they had. I think Lynn and Gibson are going to be important parts of that as well. But Gray was the biggest answer because he cost the most longest tenured deal on a three-year contract. So he's important. In a lot of ways, the Cardinals season kind of revolves around, hey, can he set the tone and set the pace for the rotation? And that is the question, but it's not just in the way of like, is his ERA going to be 3.1 and is he going to win 18 games and strike out 180 batters in 180 innings? Like, it's more than that. And that was kind of embodied in the way that today Cardinals camp revolved around Sonny Gray because the schedule stops for this man. And how interesting is that? That it, like we all know people in different walks of lives, whatever your your job is or your career, or your workplace, like everybody's kind of got their own personality, their own way of things. But sometimes somebody comes in, the new guy comes in, it's like, whoa, this new guy, you know, he's walking around here like he owns a place. What a what a sense of confidence. And again, not in a bad way, not in a haughty way or a conceited way. He just carries himself in a way that you notice it. I, I said he has an unmistakable presence. You could be one field over when they're doing PFP or pitching drills, basically any drill that a pitcher would need to do that does not involve throwing a baseball. In this instance, yesterday, it was pickoff moves. And I think it was Jojo Romero, and darn it if I don't remember who the other pitcher was that was kind of in a group with him yesterday. But Sonny Gray, I mean, you could hear it from, from the one field over, him describing what he does for pickoff moves. Hey, some guys like to do it this way, but I like to, I kind of add this and I do, and I'm looking at this. I'm not trying to be specific because I feel like that's a scouting report kind of thing. And he's, this is like the practice that goes into trying to make this team great during the season. And you've got a guy in Sonny Gray who's supposed to lead your rotation on the field with the ERA and the stats that matter, but also from like a presence perspective. And then you add another layer of it. Like he's coaching, he's teaching. He's sharing wisdom. And like that is the kind of collaborative operation that I think the Cardinals really could benefit from. And I think Sonny Gray fits right into it. Again, it's like day three of official camp, day two or three, whatever. I, I can't remember if it was Tuesday they were officially had to report. Everybody was here. But yesterday, Mosellac spoke for the first time. That was really day one. So like day two of camp, day one of camp, these are the things that we're noticing about Sonny Gray. Very, very interesting. He carries himself. He's a presence down here, which means when they go north, he should be a presence up there. He should be a presence in Los Angeles. He'll be that game one starter, I would have to think, as long as he's healthy enough to take the ball, no no issues in the rotation. That's what the Cardinals are knocking on, banking on. Yesterday, John Mozeliak, we talked to him. People ask about, hey, what's the rotation depth? He said, well, you know, Matthew Libertor, Zach Thompson, those guys are guys that can, they're candidates to give us some, some options there. But, you know, we really like the five we have. Like, the idea and the mindset for this Cardinals team, and you might call it foolish, and I know that Derek Gould wrote that maybe a six-man rotation. I wouldn't get too locked into that. I, the way the question was answered, I didn't even really think that was necessarily in play. But I think for the first week or so it might be because there's no off days. And But even the way that the question was answered, and I forget offhand if it was Ollie or, or Mo that was asked it and answered. Uh, you can read Derek's story to find that out. I didn't write about it. But 
it was kind of like, yeah, you know, we're kind of looking at maybe doing that, but also we kind of also like the five that we have. Like every sign is pointing to, hey, it's important that the Cardinals get through spring without a pitching injury to their rotation. Especially among the newcomers or among Miles Michaelis. It's not to say that it's fine if Mats gets hurt. They need Mats too. I mean, he could be the thing that elevates the rotation because he wasn't healthy the last two years. And if he has a healthy year and pitches like he's capable, that's a huge boost. But like that's kind of what they seem to be banking on. And you might call that a fool's errand because what do I say? Every year down in Jupiter, somebody's going to get hurt. Not to be flip or anything like that, but that's always been the reality going back years and years and years. I think every year that I've come down, my first year was either 18 or 19. I can't remember. But it's like we've had a Carlos year. We've had a Jack Flaherty year. We've had a Miles Michaelis year. We've had an Adam Wainwright year. Although last year it was Wainwright at the WBC, so not technically in camp when he had his injury. But, like, it happens every year. This year it kind of can't. And that's a scary thing. That's a scary reality, I think, for the Cardinals. I also do think, though, their depth is is in a better spot, even though they kind of want to not focus on the depth because they're knocking on wood that it's going to not be as necessary. But I do think Zach Thompson, Matthew Libertor, Thompson in particular. Libby did throw today. I'm not sure that Libby had exactly the session he was hoping to have, but it's, again, early in spring training. You don't always want to take everything away from just seeing a few pitches here and there. But I think Zach Thompson, I think they can have some confidence in in him if he's needed, and maybe it would go better than it did last year when he started, which was okay last year. But he began the season being told, hey, you're going to be a reliever. You know, so I, I think that was putting him in a bad spot to be able to contribute as a starter, which he was then asked to do. I think it's going to be important for some of these young guys like McGreevy and Graceffo, Robertson, Klofenstein, like some of the, a couple of those guys have to emerge. Drew Rom, some of them have to, to make that leap to where they can be relied upon. That's going to be important if and when the Cardinals do discover a need for a pitcher here, during the season. And it's probably going to happen because guys do get hurt. But the idea is like, hey, this is a a group of durable guys that understand what it's like to to take the ball 30 times and they know the value of that. And barring, you know, health that you can't really control, but you, you kind of also can do everything in your power to take care of yourself and know a routine and, and try and keep yourself healthy. That's obviously kind of a tricky one because he, if everybody – could choose to just stay healthy. I'm sure they all would, but you know, the Cardinals are trying to be very specific in the way that they approach this. And Sonny Gray is an embodiment of that. Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson, they embody that as well. But what do you think Cardinals fans? Again, I put a video out on Twitter. It was kind of grainy. It wasn't perfect. It was so sunny out there today that it was hard to, my camera was not liking it. The glare was a little messy. So the video of Sonny Gray on that middle mound wasn't as crispy as I would have liked for it to be, to have been. But uh, check it out, at Schaefer 12 on Twitter. Check out the article, KMOV.com slash sports. What's your impression, though, of Sonny Gray, Cardinals fans? Let me know in the YouTube comment section below. What do you expect for him to do this year? I think it matters that he has a great statistical season. But I also think we're starting to see, even in the early days of spring, the notion of what he can bring to the table beyond just the stats. And it seems the Cardinals have got a bunch of guys everywhere you look. They picked up guys this offseason that, hey, that concept applies to. Keenan Middleton is another great example. It was mentioned yesterday that, you know, because they signed him more recently. They got everybody else before Thanksgiving. Gibson, Lynn, Sonny Gray, basically all wrapped up around that time. 
But Middleton just happened and was sort of this notion of like, okay, well, he's got an edge too. We like the edge. How'd you find out about the edge? Well, we knew that Lance, Lance Lynn knew him a little from last year because they were on a team together in Chicago. But that, of course, was like the, the Black Plague, you know, clubhouse of death in Chicago. This isn't the Cardinals' words. It's my words at this point. But like, hey, Lance Lynn, what do you think of Keenan Middleton? Yeah, he's a guy, he, he's one you can trust from over there. And they probably already knew this too because, well, they heard what he said last year, I would imagine, about the, cl- the clubhouse issues after he was traded to the Yankees. He said, yeah, basically in Chicago we could do whatever we wanted and there was in- inmates running the asylum. There were no rules. There were no repercussions. Wasn't an environment that Keenan Middleton was very excited about. And he goes by key, by the way. Introduces himself as Key. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. So the Cardinals had to know, like, hey, this guy fits what we're looking to do. He wants to win. You can hear it in his voice. Oh, great. I'm going to be like Johnny Cardinal fan that likes to be pessimistic about things now. Oh, well, he wants to win. How great is that? Everybody everybody should want to win. Yeah, I know. It's not to say that they all don't want to win and compete and do well, but some guys have it more than others. Some guys, it's just a reality. Some guys just have more natural ambition, more desire, more competitive nature. The Cardinals got a bunch of dudes this offseason that are chock full of that stuff. And I'm not even trying to paint a picture of anybody specific from last year's team that didn't have it. But I'm looking at what they did do, and that that speaks volumes. I think Sonny Gray is going to be a winner for the Cardinals. Knock on wood that he stays healthy, which I would say about any pitcher. It's not just like that Gray has any predisposition to being hurt. I'd say it about any pitcher because it's so important for the Cardinals to have that. But, man, he impressed. Sonny Gray continues to impress with the way he carries himself, the way he commands a camp from the first day that he's in one. You know, he's like the—and he is a veteran. It's not that he's like a veteran. He is a veteran. But to be so comfortable with this team as early as it's happened is an impressive thing to watch. Watching some of the uh, yesterday, it wasn't his turn to throw. Watching some of the other guys in their bullpen session kind of sitting behind as if he's one of the coaches. Right? He doesn't have to do that, but he does. He's doing it. I saw it happen. That's encouraging. So I know the Cardinals fans have been a little bit like, they're probably tired, sick and tired of hearing about the narrative Right of, well, veteran, clubhouse, leadership, culture, like you could probably spit out the boilerplate answers that the Cardinals would give to some of these questions at this point. But then when you see it, you're like, hey, now, give a little credit because this might be real. There might be something real to this. Sonny Gray's bullpen, different than any other bullpen I have seen in six years of doing this. I mean, the guy is intense and in, in a good way in every regard, Right. I'm very, very interested to see how the rest of the spring goes for Sonny Gray and, and how it works for him as as we head into the season. Let me know, though, Cardinals fans, what you think. I'm going to probably try to wrap things up right about here. Can't remember if there's anything else that I really wanted to get into. The uniform talk is interesting. 
A lot of Cardinals position players showing up at camp. Saw Newt Bar today. Brendan Donovan, Tommy's here. We'll be interested to see Tommy Edmond when he gets a chance to hit. There was a quote from Mo the other day. I guess this would have been Wednesday. Was asked about his progress, and he said he can do some baseball activities, but he's maybe going to be a little behind on hitting and throwing. So it's like, okay, what else is there? Um, so I don't know if it's panic button time yet, but it's something to watch, something to keep an eye on. We knew he would be a little delayed. The the breadcrumbs for that were dropped at winter warm-up, but it is going to be interesting. It's going to be important for the Cardinals to have him. Although what I would say is could provide an opportunity for Dylan Carlson for those that think that's a, a thing that should happen. I don't believe I saw Dylan today, but uh, I don't know whether that means he's here or not. I just didn't see him. Can't recall if I've seen him yet. Have not seen Goldie or Arenado yet, but um, we'll see those guys soon, I would imagine. So, Tommy, interesting. Let's follow it. Brendan Donovan, I think, sounds like he's throwing. Um, Ollie Marmel saying yesterday or today, whichever day it was, that they're kind of looking to probably plant him at second base at the beginning of Grapefruit League when he's going to play just to kind of get him back into the swing of it before they start moving him around in, in classic Brendan Donovan fashion. But it sounds like his throwing program going pretty good. Tommy Edmond, let's see. Let's see what hitting and throwing looks like for him when he's able to do it because they're they're counting on him to be the center fielder. And if not, it's, it is an easy fix, right? It's it's Carlson probably at that point. Or maybe moving Newt Bar into center and, and getting more opportunity in the corners for guys like Burleson. But I do think, uh, yeah, this is going to be interesting as it pertains to center field if, if Edmund is not ready to go right away. And it would also be interesting as it pertains to backup shortstop. Like I've talked for months about how Mason Wynn is a key cog to this whole thing in 2024 because if he doesn't grab that shortstop job by the horns in spring with the way he performs and you don't have a backup because Tommy Edmonds on a delayed schedule perhaps, which doesn't mean it'll last into the season by any means, but we, I'm just saying we don't know yet. But at that point, who's your backup shortstop? The other guy that you might think about, Brendan Donovan, you know, you're trying to ease him in as well off of an injury. So that's an interesting spot. Jose Fermin is around, but is that a, a situation you're comfortable with is having him start a bunch of games right out of the gate? Or would you go out and potentially add via free agency a veteran bench type of guy that could step in and play some shortstop in a pinch? Paul DeYoung is already signed, so don't get any ideas, folks. But those are kind of the main topics that come to my mind. What are you thinking of? What do you want to know, Cardinal fans? Drop your questions in the YouTube comment section and... Hopefully I stay focused while I'm down here in Jupiter and I'll be able to answer your questions and do lots of videos about them and we'll have a grand old time. But thank you guys for supporting me, for watching me, for listening to me. It's all about me. That, that's, it's, that, that's how it sounded when I said that. Thank you for watching and listening to Be Shaped Daily. That's what I'm saying. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for reading. Read the KMOV articles. Retweet them on Twitter. Make me look good. Make me look better than I am. <laughs> Appreciate you guys as always. That's going to do it for this edition of the show. We will talk to you next time, which should be tomorrow, should be Friday. More Cardinals news ahead on Be Shafe Daily. Peace.